You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode on a cold, wet, traditional bank holiday Sunday and uh, I'm joined this week by Mark. Hello Mark. Hello. (laughs) Yep. It's a traditional uh, English bank holiday uh, weekend, and uh, despite it being quite pleasant yesterday, today is cold and wet and miserable. It's not too bad here, but then again, I live in Pembrokeshire, so cold, wet, miserable is the the mainstay of any weather. We do we sometimes it's less cold and it's less wet, but the weather is never good. Uh, you got you got to love a show on a bank holiday where we go straight into talking about the weather. It's it's what us Brits do very well. Isn't it just? Well, anyway, Mark, uh, how have you been? Oh, blimey. Uh, The the life of redundancy has taken me on some interesting journeys. Um, I've been doing a bit of freelance IT support, uh, including with a chap who has gone iPad only. So I thought we'd uh, talk about that in a bit of the show. Yeah, definitely. um, It's... It's very interesting, the whole scenario, because this chap works in London. Uh, he's very, very well to do. Um, he has a house overlooking, overlooking the river. He has technical support from someone in London, and I got introduced to him, long story short. And basically, they said, you don't need a computer. You can do everything on your iPad. And I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. So and then it got me thinking, you know, what, what does that mean? Mainly, he does emails. That's possible. Mainly, he can do uh, Word documents. Uh, I taught him how to sign a PDF, and then he joined me with my rallying cry about why the hell would anybody use a Word document for a form? Because if you put your signature on there, it can be copy and pasted. Yes, I know you can do a screenshot and grab it, but you know at least there's like a um, a, b- a bit more safety. Then it came down to the thing I hate doing the most in this godforsaken planet: printing. <laughs> Printing, uh, and this was the HP Office Jet 8730, I think it was. Hell of a beast of a machine, inkjet printer, scanner, all in one. Is that the one we mentioned last week as uh, being <laughs> available to be faxploited? I don't know. It's I don't think you'd be able to do it on this one because their internet connection is so crummy anyway. It's like downloading <laughs> Oh dear! All right, yeah. Carry on. Sorry. Yeah, and well, it's 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 not really that much of an interesting story about setting up a printer, but it did get me thinking of like all the foibles. So I, so I turned on this printer, and I should have known better in my twenty years of IT experience. You never try and print on a weekend, and especially on a Friday. I worked for HP for a couple of years, and it always always bit me. So I've set up this printer, and I've thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to try this WPS thing. You know, you know, you get the button on the router that says uh, press here and then go to your other machine and they magically do their stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never used it personally, but yeah, I, I am aware of it. Twice I've used it, twice it's failed. 
<laughs> I think it's more of a Windows thing, I will be honest, because uh, sometimes setting up, uh, you know, connecting a Windows device can be more troublesome. Yeah, well, that's just Windows in general. I'm The one thing about being redundant is the fact that I can use my Mac and, oh, I how... Oh, it's just so nice. I, Windows 10 <laughs> has its place, but I don't know why, but in Windows, I always feel like I'm clicking. Uh, maybe that's just um, psychosemantic. Oh, that's the wrong word. Nick will pick me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Uh, psychosomatic. Uh, oh, <laughs> all I know is bank holiday Sunday, and I'm thinking, where is the beer? Um, where was I? So, so that didn't work. I've put the key in. Uh, you know, the WPA doodah key. That didn't work. Ugh, great. So I turned it off, turned it on, started the whole thing again. Didn't work. Turned it on, off, turned it back on again. And then miraculously it connected. So, okay. And this is where I find it. This is where it gets a bit interesting because I've learned from experience now. When you print on an iPad or an iPhone, you get no options. Well, it's, no, that's not technically true. You can do... Uh, double-sided if you print and supports it you can print in color black and white and that's it you have no other control over the printer which sort of makes sense i suppose because you could do it all from the printer so if you want to print on a5 you go to the printer you put a5 paper in the printer you tell the printer that it's going to use a5 paper this is a really boring story isn't it anyway <laughs> i'm going to keep going keep going keep going Push on regardless. You just push on regardless. Uh, I should, you know what I should have done? I should have saved this for our lovely, lovely patron people and bored them to death with it. Uh, <laughs> oh, and a big shout out to Andy, Chris, Nick and Teresa, our lovely, lovely, lovely Patreon subscribers. Because without you, we wouldn't have the hosting for this show. It all goes back into the hosting. Anyway, back to my story. Printing, it's all right. The, the reason why it sort of rankles me is because if you want to print an email, you want to do like a fast draft copy. And you can't do it unless you go to the printer, put the paper in until it's gone to fast in draft. So it sort of got me like, I just wish there was a bit more in the world of, you know, being able to do things with a printer and an iPad anyways. But the thing that got me was scanning. Because off the top of your head, how do you think you would scan from a all-in-one printer to your iOS device? Hmm. Interesting. Tell me more. That was exactly where, where I was at because... Again, coming back to the whole Windows world, you could scan to a computer. Well, that obviously doesn't work. You could scan to a network share. Well, obviously, that's not going to work. You could scan to HP's cloud uh, service thingy, which I immediately thought, yeah, no. No, thank you, HP. I wouldn't trust you with my data. No. I don't know why. That's probably completely unfounded. Sorry if anyone from HP is listening, but I don't know. When when you try and get that gratuitous shoehorn in, um, I don't recall there being a scan to Dropbox, OneDrive, or anything else like that. So instead, you have to go and get an app, which is fair enough. In full credit to HP here, when you get their app, it's so simple that the... the the level of technology, sorry, the technology awareness level of these people that I were helping, when I showed them how to draw their uh, draw their signature on the screen, they actually tried to use a pen. <laughs> I had to very calmly say, I, well, that won't work because it's not capacitive. Uh, yeah, that, that was a, a funny little moment. But it was it was so nice, though. Once they saw that they could do stuff on their iPad, like sign a document, like, oh, wow. 
so then we had so then we went through things like well if they've got a document from london that they want to scan you scan it open it up in preview sign it and send it away and they were like that's just gonna save a whole load of um a whole load of fuss and hassle um hassle and stuff like that so basically long story short this couple now are fully in on the ipad admittedly they're a very basic usage case but it was nice to see to actually take off the shack uh well, no, not the shackles the safety net because i actually boxed away their pc and took it home now the problem i've got now is they've got all of their contacts in outlook but not on their ipad so I'm wondering, how do I get them off one and put them onto the other? Because you can't, you can export from um, Outlook, no problem at all. But then how would you get that list onto an iPad? Well, why don't, they, why don't they just get Outlook for, for that iPad? I think they're trying to avoid um, subscriptions and he's using uh, Outlook. You don't, I, don't think you ha- I don't think you have to um, pay to use Outlook. That's a point. Um, if it's got all the contacts in there, that would work. Well, so if he, I, I'm just saying, even if he, if you were to download Outlook or uh, iOS, that should then have the contacts in, and then you should be able to probably export them from there to your address book. Hmm, and, and then uh, Apple Mail should pick them up. That's a good point. I can give that a try. I, I for some reason, because I'm locked into this whole Office 365 ma- mantra, I was thinking, oh, yeah, you're going to have to pay for Outlook, but that's not part of Office 365, is it? It's I, I think on... Outlook is available for free. Um, there we go. I, I'd have to double-check that, but I don't think you need a subscription to use Outlook.com. On, on a, on a, in, on a hopefully, a less boring uh, story about a printer. I'm sorry, Simon, you've invited me on the old show and it's like, <laughs> I've come on and talked about printers and yields and, oh, God. <laughs> but this is it. This is my only outlet now for talking to people on this, this show. That's it. It's like, <laughs> quite literally, my life consists of, if I want to go anywhere near humanity, it's a 20-minute drive or an hour's, uh, an hour's cycle. Uh, but here's a, so here's another one going on from Outlook. Then, what other email clients have you do you use? Because I've been thinking I've got Apple Mail, but I'm kind of not too happy with the way that it. You've, I've got several email accounts, and I want one that's just purely for my iCloud.com, and I don't want to use the godforsaken uh, iCloud.com interface. I, I don't know why. I just can't. Well, I have. Um, it just doesn't stick. I have. I don't know what six accounts in my uh, on my iPhone in Apple Mail. I have Proton Mail. I have iCloud. I have uh, Google Mail. I have uh, oh a couple of others. Yeah, maybe I should just stop being so lazy and actually prune down. Uh, so uh, all right, so pop quiz then. How many unread emails have you got in your dock right now? Uh, me none because I'm an email zero boy. Uh, I am currently at 4,067. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be um, what Dr. Mac would say. Unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, but it, but I've got, yeah, but that's the thing. Now I've, yeah, I've got this time on my hands. Uh, it's FOMO. I, I might miss something. It's the whole <laughs> ridiculous thing. And that reminds me, I must get on with um, my Dr. Happy Mac learning lessons. And if they're, uh, if, if well, if you if they're more than a week old, Mark, 
they're not going to be any use for anything anyway. Yeah, but you never know. That's my <laughs> point. Yeah, it's, well, hang on then. Well, that's like backups. If a backup's more than a week old, it's not worth it. So why back up? <laughs> no, that's not how that works. Oh, I can you hear. Oh, it. what's his name? <laughs> uh, the guest we had on who I had the argument with about backing ups being pointless. <laughs> I don't remember now. I remember oh, you saying it, but no, oh, we were both oh. we were both against you. No, you're wrong. Back uh, up. <laughs> well, uh, as I haven't been on the show for a while, the backup status is still ongoing. <laughs> you mean none? Well, technically, I do put things into iCloud. Well, that's that's something, I suppose. Yeah, it's something. But then if I kind of screw up a file, which I have done, I haven't got a way to um, revert back. But that leads us on to our next story of Back to the Mac is going to be dead in Mojave. Now, I always wanted to use Back to My Mac. I could never work it out. If you go in Google how to use Back to My Mac, you get nothing unless it's just me being useless, which, let's face it, would probably be uh, not beyond the realms. In fact, let's do it. How to use Back to My Mac. Ah, there's there's actually, uh, it's it's actually worked now. (laughs) I suspect there's an Apple support document, but it's a bit late now because they're killing it. After 10 years, apparently. Um... And I must admit, I have never used it. Um, and a, a quick straw poll in the Slack indicated that most people uh, in our Slack group who who have tried to use it say that they've had uh, a pretty poor success rate with it. Um, so there we go. Could I suspect not many your, people use it. But can you connect to your Mac from a Windows PC? I have no idea. I suspect not because I've, I don't know, truth be told. Um I have to admit that for such things, uh, I used to use Log Me In, um, and when Log Me In pulled their free tier, I switched to Team Viewer. Oh no, no, not Team Viewer! Jesus, I, God, I'd even rather go through the hell of setting up a VNC connection and use Team Viewer. Yeah, Team Viewer is fine. Uh, it is until it gets hacked, and they go, "Oh no, there's been no security alerts here." Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Dear team viewer, can you explain why I have 300 contacts on my contact list? Well, you must have given it your ID. No. And I've, <laughs> I've said this story many, many, many times, but it's worth going one more time. I was sat on the sofa um, a year or so ago. I had team viewer running on my machine and the, it was in standby. The, the screen was off, screensaver mode sort of thing. And then it just comes on. I'm like, well, okay, maybe I've moved the mouse or the dog's hit the keyboard or whatever, whatever. I see the mouse moving. Okay. And then I see the team viewer connection. Oh, okay. And then the the thing that they tried to do straight away was go right in and go and get to my PayPal account and try and empty my PayPal account. And since then, no, do not trust it. Uh, It's so much so that, uh, what is it now? I've been watching, I've been watching the YouTube because we all know how good YouTube is to you know, to kill time, that they've actually banned, uh, let me think about it, they've banned outgoing connections from places like India and Pakistan, where all the scammers are. So right. what they do is they'll social engineer you to download TeamViewer, and then you remote into them, and then you give them control, because it becomes so bad, they actually start blocking connections to certain countries. Yeah, uh, and talking of scams, I, I this is this week's public service announcement. Um, I've been off work this week, uh, having a rest, and uh, we had a phone call which was uh, like a robo call and said, "This is BT, and uh, your uh, your account, your IP address has been compromised 
from a foreign country and uh, we will be turning off your internet unless you press one to speak to an engineer. <laughs> so normally, of course, I'd have just slammed the phone down, but uh, my wife pressed one and said, you know, Shh, watch this. And so we got some bloke who was most blatantly not English, probably not in the UK, uh, you know, uh, and he said he was from BT and that uh, our IP address had been compromised from Mountain View, California. Right. So Google are trying to hack me, are they? That's highly likely. Um, so I let him waffle on for a bit. And then I said, uh, so uh, let me get this straight. You at BT have determined that uh, my IP address has been uh compromised from Mountain View in California. Yes, that's right. I said, well, that's funny, isn't it? Because I don't have an account with BT and I'm a network uh, systems analyst and a security consultant, at which point he slammed the phone down. <laughs> uh, I, I um, For some reason, if I go into uh, Gmail, I always get these people. I always seem to get Google chats from people going, hi, BBE, which I now know means uh, baby, I think it does. No idea. And it's always the same story with the scammers. Uh, they either lived in America slash Canada. Their mum slash dad slash aunt slash uncle died. They've had to move back home to look after their mum slash dad slash uncle. Da, 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 da. And it's always the same story. And I, once I had three of these sort of like scammers on the go just for the uh, just for the crack of it. And they all gave me they gave me one uh village in ghana and then i'd say oh let me guess you live in so and so so i managed to social engineer the conversation so i could copy and paste responses from one to the other <laughs> I, I, and, and now i realize that i i, I need to get out more <laughs> yes you, you need a better hobby mark yeah there but it's go. all i've got now it's all i've got <laughs> oh dear it's a bit like um this is a bit inside baseball, but the essential apple uh, at sudomail.com uh, address. I receive the same stock letter about four times a week saying, I've come across your uh, website and I've d determined all these things are wrong with it. And But it's always the same stock letter. So uh, apart from sending one back saying to one guy saying, you do realise I get this letter five times a day. <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't believe any of you. Website is your, you obviously haven't listened to the podcast. That would give you all the answers you need to know, Sunshine. <laughs> On top of which, the uh, the English spelling and grammar is pretty poor, so they are not in California. There you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, blimey. Just, uh, right. what, what else have we got? Is, uh, it's been quite a relief, actually, having a bit of time away from the podcast and stuff, because I know, I, I know nothing. And I know that comes as no surprise to any of our listeners, but I now know nothing more than I normally know nothing about. <laughs> and, and, and that's, yeah, that's quite spectacular. <laughs> okay. Well, well, um, Let's have a look at some of the Apple stories, shall we, Mark? I, I did hear about the, the Netflix thing in the iTunes billing. Oh, yes. Uh, well, that's uh, uh, Netflix, of course, are, th are threatening, I believe, to uh, pull out of using iTunes billing and to do, uh, you know, only being able to pay through their website or um, their app, I believe. Um, well, I... I've put a link in here to the Tech Pinions podcast for this week because they were talking about it. And yes, I can see why. And, you know, the overall, um, I think the overall 
assumption of most people is if you're big enough, if you're Amazon, if you're Netflix, uh, you know, if you're somebody like that, you can afford to not be in the app store uh, or, you know, paying by iTunes um, and giving Apple 30% of of all your um, take or 15% after the first year, because people will search you out regardless. If you want a, a, you know, if you want a Kindle book, you're quite happy probably to go to uh, Amazon and buy it there, or to, you know, buy it on your Kindle directly. Um, If you're Netflix, then I don't suppose many people would have too much trouble, uh, you know, paying by direct debit or, you know, linking to their card. But, um... If you're, you know, as we've said before, if you're a small developer, it doesn't matter how good your app is if people can't find it. Well, yeah, but I think that's two different arguments, though, isn't it? It's like Netflix have, for the Netflix side, yes, they want to have uh, as much revenue as you can. But I'm sort of, the whole thing with Apple now is, you know, we seem to be going more and more into the subscription system with Apple slowly leading the way. And if you look at all that, what was it? Was it the quarterly report where everyone was commenting on, oh my gosh, look how much they're raking in from uh, subscription stuff. If they were to like reduce that 30%, are they, uh, would they ever do that? Because Tim's a financial person. He's not going to drop a price just for the sake of, you know, growing. And if Netflix was to sort of remove their, you know, their in-app purchasing through the app, would it really make that much of a difference to Netflix? I'm guessing it would because obviously they're complaining about it. So it's obviously having some sort of uh, impact on their bottom line. Well, I, I don't, I'm not sure that it's necessarily that it's having an, a terrible effect. Just that I suspect they feel that they, what do they get out of, you know, the, the percentage they pay Apple? Uh, apart from a little bit of frictionlessness, not a lot. Mm. Um, because they're big enough to do their own marketing, they're they're well known to all and sundry, uh, and people will search them out. But what I'm saying is, you know, for many smaller developers, being on the on the app store is, you know, Apple do put quite a lot of work into promoting the app stores to, uh, you know, doing their best to surface apps and so on. And we all know it's not perfect, um, you know. But I, I do think that for a lot of people, the the effort that Apple puts in is probably worth the percentage. Yeah, Amazon's been a bit quiet about that sort of thing, though, for a while, isn't it? But I'm guessing that they've had the deal with, you know, they, they've got prominent placement on Apple TV, which is why I'm guessing that maybe Netflix isn't on the Apple TV, as in, you know, the actual Apple TV app. Um. Oh, what? The, yeah, the app, I don't use that, I but I have got Netflix on my Apple TV. Yeah, as an app, but it's not inside the Apple TV, Apple TV app, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> the app inside an app, as it were. Yeah, Amazon's on there, and I've sort of, it's starting to get a bit better. Amazon, it feels like a little bit more like a native app, but that's the thing. It feels a little bit more like a native app, but you can still tell it's not, and it's some sort of weird and funky, uh, some sort of web UI doodah thingy going on there. Well, as I've as I've only used the actual Amazon Prime uh, video app itself and not gone inside the Apple TV, um, I couldn't comment. I'll be honest, and I don't watch Amazon half as much as I watch Netflix. I'll be honest. There's a lot of trash on. There's a lot of old junk in the uh, Amazon library. Yeah, Netflix seems to have gotten rid of 
lucky that because when I first when I was first using Netflix, it was basically like going into a a VHS video rental store. It just felt like you know there's repeats of all old TV programs on there. And I wasn't initially that impressed, but they, now they've seemed to have gone all in with this you know their their own content. Uh, Final Space that's a huge huge recommendation for me, and I'll put that in the show notes. That's a really good uh, that was that's something I've uh, been binge watching. I did have a point there coming up in my head, but I, I digressed so much that even my brain went, yeah, no, that's gone. <laughs> so there we are. Um, I suppose we should just mention that uh, Apple have donated a million dollars to uh, flood relief efforts in uh, Kerala, which I believe is in India, uh, where they've had a devastating flood. So well done, Apple, I guess, for that. I know a million dollars isn't probably much more than pocket change to them, but. Uh, Good to see them doing it anyway. Um, there was on the opera on the opposite end of that scale. Then there's a story here. Apple will be making a mistake if it no longer offers a low cost Mac Mini. Oh God! Mm. This so it's almost um, like one of those Business Insider articles goes. Here's why I think Apple are making a mistake if they don't X Y Z. But this got me thinking. So before we started the show, um, I was ranting and raving about the fact I had the opportunity to buy a HP Omen accelerator, which is a Thunderbolt three enclosure. And it was down from £299 down to 150 And yes, I procrastinated. I didn't buy it. And guess what? They're all sold out. <laughs> but it got me thinking then. If the Mac Mini was to get a bit of an update and it was like, say, reasonably priced and I could get one of these enclosures for, let's say, 150 quid, which is probably never, ever, ever going to happen ever again, plus a graphics card, you've suddenly got a machine there that's not a worthy, you know, that's quite up there with being able to be a decent gaming PC. Well, uh, we're trying to stay away from the rumours about what's uh, upcoming, but I have to say there's a lot of rumbling about the Mac Mini. I think some of it's more in hope than, um, you know, any actual evidence. But if if they don't update the Mini this time, then really they need to kill it. It's just honest truth, isn't it? It's um... yeah, but they're still selling the trash can. I'm you know the trash can Mac Pro, and we know that there's another one coming. Tim doesn't kill a product. If there's one thing you can say about the Tim Cook era is, and I'm hope I'm right in saying this, and feel free to Twitter us at Essential Apple or email in if I'm wrong. There doesn't seem to be much in the way of things that have been killed off so much recently. I there has been the was it the iPod. Uh, well, they killed about... they killed off the iPods and they pulled they they killed the uh, airports, didn't they? Um, That's the one I was trying to think of. But yeah, I I, I know what you're saying. They haven't really, um, you know, the MacBook Air is still lingering, um, even though that kind of makes a mess of the of the you know the notebook range. Um, yeah, the, the MacBook. Uh, well, they basically just called the MacBook, isn't it? That. That lovely little cute dinky thing that um, when I went to London and met Carl a couple of years ago, uh, there was myself, Simon Hartness, and we all had a quick go on the keyboard, and it was very, I like it, I hate it. Mm. That one, yeah. Well, But, of course, now they've all got, bar the air, they all have that keyboard. Now, however, with a silicon um, anti-grunge barrier. Which is for noise dampening, not in any way, shape or form to keep dust out because of that lawsuit. No, exactly. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff all over the web about the Mini. I was trying to stay away from uh, prognostications because obviously the, uh, you know, the Apple as yet to be announced autumn event can't be very far away. Uh, and then all will be revealed. I thought that it was announced, or was it a uh, was it a story that I read this morning saying likely to be announced? Yes, it's not. It. I think the the um, the smart money seems to be on the twelfth of September, but of course, as yet, no invitations have been sent. So there's no criminology to be had as yet. There, there was there was very little in way of criminology last on the last event, was there really? No, that is true. And I think the one before was sort of giving up upon. But that that's like saying, uh, you know, that analyst blokey, Minji Kuo, or whatever his name is, uh, him. Yes, who said he was going to stop talking about Apple and has done absolutely no such thing. As we were talking last week about how he um, had prognosticated about AR glasses for 2020 and, a, and an Apple car uh, by 2025. Jesus, he, he really is stretching out there. Mm. I, I've told you the story that I got to go in a Tesla, and now that's all I can dream about is going in a Tesla again. Ah, well, I have a story here which might uh, put you off slightly, actually, uh, which never, I found. Never. <laughs> right, what a modern car crash looks like. And this was on Twitter, um, and there's a tweet here, uh, and when it loads, I'll read it out. It's... Uh, a fascinating post from a Tesla owner. Problem turned out to be firmware update, which hadn't downloaded and installed properly. Tesla was helpful, but this is what a car crash now looks like. And here is the post. Anyone got any ideas? I arrived in Glasgow with 20 miles spare battery, got out of the car and opened the boot to get the charge cable out. As I was plugging it in, the charge door shut and the car powered down. I was unable to plug in the cable and I cannot open the doors because the fob is inside the car. The app cannot connect to the car and the car appears to be bricked. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds like one of my stories, like, you know, uh, being completely just screwed at every opportunity. So there you go. You might have other problems with your Tesla than, uh, you know, auto driving issues. Yeah, but the auto driving is an extra five grand, so I was told. It doesn't come in stock. You have to pay for it. Oh, right. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, that's taking the sheen off a little bit. But I I don't know. I I, I drove a Fiat something or rather the other day. I, I actually, like I said, I got to play with CarPlay. And that had sort of, it wasn't, it would actually self-drive itself in so much it would play bumper cars off the railing. So, when you're going around a corner or on a straight or on the, basically on the road, I should have said, if you stray towards the white lines on either side, it gently nudges you back into you know, a, a decent driving position. But it only does it three times before it starts screaming at you saying, pay attention to the road. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, I've got three and a half hours to kill. So I'm thinking, how far can I drive without actually having to, you know, push myself back into the middle of the road? Uh, it's... It's nice and quite spooky, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like how we're always going on about, you know, technology, does it make us sloppy? Does it make us, you know, a little bit less focused and concentrate on the road? And it's one of those times where I generally thought that for the right target demographic, i.e. those of a slightly aged gap, who are the, you know, who are always the ones that are like, you know, either middle-aged hoggers or, you know, they're not quite sure how wide their new car is. 
it's really handy. And I've got to admit, apart from me being a complete doofus thinking, all oh, right, I don't need to hold the steering wheel, which is, <laughs> which is completely kind of contradicts what I said about self-driving. Uh, it was a nice little thing to play with. It really was. Yeah, very good. Drive um, responsibly, though. Drive responsibly. Drive responsibly, yes. We don't want anybody getting trashed as a result of listening to Mark's advice. <laughs> Although, on a Tesla, you've just, oh, you didn't even need to go into ludicrous mode. It's just, oh, it's just so nice. No, I've, it, It's one of those things where don't meet your heroes because you'll either be disappointed or overwhelmed. And now, now it's happened to me. I feel like there is just that thing missing in my life. Ah, well, there we are. Um, all right, I've got I've got a link in here, and this is just one to mention because it's quite a long thing, and it's it, if you're interested in it, uh, you need to go and watch it yourself. Um, and it was it's been touted on Twitter, but uh, Oliver Breidenbach, uh, of Boinks, of course, um, and guest of this show, is part of a roundtable talking about has Apple abandoned professional Mac users. Uh, and that's on uh, ZNet. Um, so the link's in the show notes if you want to go and watch that. It's about an hour long, I think. Uh, and I'm I'm not sure they reach any uh, firm conclusion by the end of it. But uh, I haven't watched all of it yet. But uh, there we go. It's an interesting discussion. So I'll just mention that one. Um, and the other Apple story, really. Uh, oh, no, there's two more, actually. Apparently, apps and developers were hit by a day-long Apple CloudKit outage. Um don't know what else to say about that. That's uh, that was an Apple Insider story. Apparently, the uh, cloud kit was down for some time, um, and it has the same picture of the data center that has appeared in two other stories we mentioned <laughs> last week. <laughs> so that's obviously a stock, stock picture images, yeah. of that man, that poor solo man walking down the long corridor <laughs> of blades. It uh, couldn't have been that bad because it very it, it didn't seem to crop up much on like you know the, the standard Twitter feeds and. Uh, no, like it didn't. That. I didn't. I didn't see anybody screaming about it, so um, it can't have been that terrible. Um, well, that, that's worth touching on. That whole Twitter thing. That Twitter have basically locked down their APIs, so they have uh, control over the engagement experience with their customer base. In other words, you mean they shafted all the third-party clients? Yeah. So everyone who's helped us to get here is like, oh, thank you very much. No, yeah, we're gonna do it all. Which is gutting because I actually chopped out seven dollars ninety-nine for a Twitter app. So it's like, oh, see, it's me again. If I buy a Mac, you can guarantee a new Mac's going to come out. If I buy an app, you can guarantee it's going to go under. <laughs> well, I mean, third-party clients, I think, are doing their best to soldier on, but I don't know um, how well they're going to manage that um, with the way that uh, Twitter has hobbled them. And I wouldn't mind so much if at Twitter hadn't pulled their bloody Mac client. Yeah. But, uh, but then again, is this just the whole thing of, well, the web app experience is just as good? Well, there isn't a web app or anything. You just have to use the browser, yeah, which that's, is nasty. That's what I mean, yeah. Nasty by comparison. Well, well, I think we're all going to be in for a bit of a shock because you, we're getting uh, in Safari technology preview. If you use a web page, that seems to be a little bit um, hungry on power and energy. It says... Closing this tab may increase this. Sorry, this page is using significant energy. Closing it may increase the responsiveness of your Mac. Yes, yes, I it does. If we're going to see a little bit more of that, Twitter, by the way, the Twitter uh, web page nearly always brings up that uh, the, the moment you uh, load it. So there we are. Yeah, I've got you. Do you use the Safari technology preview? Or I do indeed. Got... Yes, I use the purple one. The purple yes. one. 
Yes, uh, I do. I've been using that for ever, truth it, be told. Yeah, I had a few sort of issues with it about a week or so ago. Then an update came along in the you know, next day. If I've got a question out there for the listeners, now I have. We were just talking before uh, the before the show. Just before the show, I was I was saying about you know, oh god, my twenty late twenty twelve i seven uh, Mac Mini is running really slow, and I'm seeing beach balls all the time. Have any of our listeners out there used a SSD over USB three, and how have they found it in comparison to using an internal uh, internal hard drive? Let us know via at Essential Apple or go to the website, fill in the contact form or email us at, he says, scrolling down the documents. Essential Apple at sudomail.com. Uh, yes. Yeah. Blank for a minute. I couldn't remember if it was .net or .com, but uh, it is S-U-D-O. Yes, of course. I've, I, it's finally clicked now. Pseudo. Yes. Essential Apple at sudomail.com. Let us know because it's an experiment I would be worth trying because you can pick up an SSD now. Uh, 120 gigabyte SSD for 25 pounds here in the UK. And I'm thinking, nah, shove that in with a USB 3 enclosure. Would it work? Is there any downside to any upside? So if anyone out there wants to chip in and give us a bit of real world feedback and experience on, you know, how they've gotten on with it, then please do. Yes, please do. Um, I would suspect that using an SSD, even um, over USB 3, would be far superior to um, the hard drive in a Mac Mini because I, uh, it, isn't the Mac Mini using a 5800? It's not even a 7200, is it? Uh, sounds plausible. Yeah, it's a, I believe it's a laptop, you know, 5800 RPM drive which is notoriously slow um i might i might even like just do it just so you know with with an ssd being that cheap bang the harvey on there and just run it off there yep i probably highly recommend that because uh but it's like i said just coming back full circle oh just being back on my mac is so lovely (laughs) oh uh what else how long we been recording for simon um oh i don't know because we were we were i had the recording running for some time before we actually started um, well, I tell you what, shall we have a break for Nemo's hardware store? Yeah, I need and to then we'll room. and then we'll come back and uh have a look at some of the other stories. Yeah, so, got, uh, so, so coming up after the break, we've got some feedback from Mac Jim about the Surface Go running. So, yeah, the Surface Go running Windows 10 Home in S mode. We've got a follow up about talking about ARM, what a mud of oh, we've done the car crash, and five myths about iPhone battery life you might mistakenly believe. So yes. that's coming up after Nemo. Yep. So take it away, John. Nemo's Hardware Store is back with a new backpack from Solo New York. S-O-L-O. And their website is solo-ny.com. It's a full-featured backpack called the Boyd. B-O-Y-D. Cost in the U.S. is $125. Code is SLHLD7009. From their Highland collection, the Boyd Backpack. Highland refers to the muted bluish-gray tartan plaid of the outer fabric. The fabric itself is a waxed canvas, very durable, very sturdy, and I've grown quite fond of their waxed canvas products 
over the years. It took me a while to get used to them versus leather and nylon. And now the wax canvas is definitely worth considering. In spite of being compact, it has two full-size water bottle pouches, elasticized on either side, a very rugged grip handle on the top, two comfortable straps as you would expect, and then the chest support strap that goes between the two straps to anchor and support you. The very, very back is a pass-through so you can slot the Boyd over your rolling luggage handle. There's the top zippered compartment that opens up to reveal a 15-inch MacBook Pro slot and full-size iPad slot, as well as a capacious main zone for your clothes, your shoes, your books, magazines, food, headphones, anything else you want to bring. Lots of room in there. Then the upper front zone zips open. This is fairly small to put in your wallet, bust passes, tube passes, iPhone, iPod, smaller stuff. Then there's a fully protected lower front area, a little bit larger. I keep my batteries, my chargers, my cables in there. So they've really thought this out as far as the design and the material and the pockets and the place to insert all of your stuff. And like I said, it looks small, but it has lots of room. Every month I give a presentation at the Tucson Macintosh user group. And prior to this month, I was using the Roll Top backpack, also from Solo New York, which has a fairly peculiar and extremely retro design. The Highland Boyd has a more conventional design, and it's much more utilitarian and practical and useful for me in doing my presentations wherever I happen to be. So the Boyd has moved into the top position as far as going wherever I do a user group presentation. Make sure you see the movie on their website that shows all the things you can put in. And in fact, you can get about two or more times that stuff comfortably into the Boyd. So thank you, Solo New York, for providing this for Nemo's Hardware Store Review. We are very happy to be using it and to be recommending it. Back next week. And thank you, John, for another enlightening store. And uh, that was the Boyd Backpack, which, as you can tell, uh, John is very, very keen on indeed. So, Mark, let's uh, have a look at some of these other stories that we were talking about before the break. Because uh, I've been using, just sorry, just to come back to John's stuff, because I've been using a old... Oh, it's not hugging for it. It should be. Bloody hell, where is it, actually? Now I think on it. Bugger. I've been using a... a, a it's about seven years old now. And the only reason I've kept this backpack, which is falling apart, is because it's the only one that's had semi-decent padding. And what I mean by semi-decent is it's not one of these stupid, foamy things that you put around your device so it doesn't get scratched. I mean, I'm talking a serious half inch of padding on the bottom so when it falls onto the floor, it's not going to break. <clears throat> Why do we never get sent any stuff like this to review? <laughs> Why indeed. Although I, I am still uh, rocking my second brain uh, think tank uh, MacBook 13 inch uh, briefcase, which is a very nice piece of kit, I have to say. Uh, you see, where they've gone wrong with this backpack, in my personal opinion. So if you go to the link, which is solo-ny.com, full link in the show notes, 
there's a MacBook, right? Brilliant, looks all nice there. There's a, an iPad, nice there. There's a, a magazine there, yeah. Uh, something that looks like, if I'm not mistaken, something like a floppy disk. I'm sure it's not, but it, it, it just looks like it. But where's the power pack? And more importantly, where would my sandwiches go? Well, John, if you, uh, you know, if you listen back to John, you'll find him telling you that he can get all of those things in that backpack and more. Yeah, well, we, we're talking proper sandwiches, though. We're talking white bloomer uh, with <laughs> half, a, half a ton of cheese and a bit of ham in there. None of this, you know, panini nonsense. <laughs> I mean, panini, that's just a con, isn't it? It's like baguettes that don't quite make the grade. Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll heat them up and squash them down. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Around Around the world cuisine with Mark if that, Chappell. If that is not made into a highlight show, highlight clip for the Christmas show, then nothing will. But it's true. I mean, what is it? It's basically, oh, it's flat baguette, crush it. Oh, I know. We'll put some fancy grill lines on it and maybe some rocket. Oh, yeah. Fancy now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Spare oh. for this world. <laughs> Hello, and before anyone accuses me of being anti-hipster, which I am a little bit, I would like the world to know that I have tried a turmeric latte, and I'm not ashamed to, ashamed to say I enjoy it. Oh, there you go. There you go, indeed. Right. right. Uh, well, where should we go? Let's, let's, um, there was this review on ZNet, the Surface Go running Windows 10 Home in S mode. Uh, it's a, a, a week with, um, article. Uh, link in the show note. Uh, Mac Jim in our Slack room uh, said, I went to John Lewis to have a look at the new Surface Go from Microsoft as it has piqued my interest as a device to use on the go. Sick. For editing images on a desktop editing software. I can say it's a really nice device to hold. It is light and near as damn it the same as my iPad Pro in feel and size. I didn't get to see it working though as too many people had tried to unlock it without using the admin password however it is a great price and a nice size so there we go yeah see this is the problem with this review it's reviewed it without the pen so you're not getting why would you you know why would you get a device like this without the pen which is what obviously that's gonna be one of the big selling points on it I could, probably, I could probably tell you why because it'll be a laggy horrible mess which is like <laughs> my surface pro 4 was although some apps were better optimized than others but this is where it all comes down to the App Store. Um, up until August, when I was still able to use one, I couldn't find any good quality apps. You had mm, a couple from Adobe, like the Express. I'm just trying to rack back what was on my start screen. And there was just nothing. There, there was never anything there that would make me think, oh, you know what, I want to try that and I want to download that. It just felt like, it felt like the old days, you know, like shovelware. But not even a decent attempt at shovelware. You know, when you get pricing, you know, apps that are going one pound ninety nine for unzipping a file, one pound ninety eight, one pound ninety five, one pound forty three. And it's like, oh, really? <laughs> well, that yeah, for the price, it's not too bad for a Windows laptop. It's just that I'm still unconvinced. Yes, it's nice to have a laptop without the screen, but there's been so many times in Windows 10 where I've rotated it, the keyboard hasn't come up or it hasn't popped up, or the handwriting, um, for example, the handwriting, rec the handwriting recognition works really well. 
But I never worked out that when you got to the end of that line, how did you get it to go down to the next line? It just wasn't intuitive and stuff like that. Things like, oh, so I'm ragging on Microsoft here. You could, <laughs> there's an old control panel applet for increasing your handwriting recognition, which doesn't work because it's, it's there, but the lights are on in nobody's home. That being said, it does look quite like a nice bit of kit. Uh, yeah. Even if, uh, what were they saying in a review here that the, it was, uh, they claim uh, 11 hours of, let's have a look here. The Go's battery life is nothing to write home about. Microsoft official claim is the Go gets up to nine hours running loops locally. In my real life usage, I'm getting about 4.5 hours with the brightness sets with the way it ships and Bluetooth turned off. Then they say, note, the battery meter on the device isn't accurate. Mine said I have 11 hours of life when the device is fully charged and 20% left when it's nearly out of juice. Well. No, if th- if that had been Apple, they would have been raked across the coals for this. Yes, that is true. Um, anyway, this, this guy seems quite pleased with it overall. Um, so it's worth a read. It's not a terribly long um, article. Uh, it, I think in the end, as he says, is the convenience of a nice-to-have device but one that won't replace my phone, my real laptop or Kindle, really worth uh, $679 plus tax, um, which seems quite a lot. Hang um, on a sec. Hang on, hang on. There's, there's a statement here. You might need to explain this to me. Let me just have a quick cup of tea because I realise I'm chewing a biscuit down my microphone. What sort of animal would put milk in before water in a cup of tea? <laughs> so this bit confuses me. I'm able to run my typical apps like Skype, Office Online, Notepad, TweetDeck, and a couple of others fine on the go. The Pentium Gold processor inside the device means that no emulation is required to run x86-based apps. And if when and sorry, if when slash if a user upgrades out of S mode, x86 not of x86 apps not available in the store can be downloaded onto the onto the device. Now he said he's writing this in a non-reviewer sort of way. So why mention the fact it runs on a Intel chip and not an ARM chip? Well, that's... Uh, um, do you see I what I mean? It, it, well, sort of, it feels like, oh, blimey, we, we have to do something here to promote Intel. Well, as he says a bit further on, I do most of my work in a browser and Microsoft's Edge browser works noticeably better on the Intel-based Go than on the ARM-based HP NVX2, which I test drove a few months back. So... I guess he's got a fair reason to mention that there. And I mean, it, it is, it is, I think it is probably quite important for users to know that if you, if you buy that, it, it, it's not an RT type device. It will mm-hmm. run full blown x86 applications. Just beat me to it. Are they saying that so we don't have the Surface RT? But then, but we're, we're back here again because now, as he just said, you've got that uh, ARM based, um, unit which i want to read a review of that and i should have done that before i went into this to see how long that lasted they're saying oh it's not an rt but if you want something that is like an rt you can go over here it's it's just it just seems a typical microsoft though you know microsoft thing of they tried the rt it didn't work now they're trying it on the arm because everyone's saying that apple should be you know going to arm and once again you've now got two different bits of hardware that will use the store and it'll be a little bit like, oh, won't run on this. It's like on Android devices where you say, oh, won't run on this phone. But it's an Android. Why not? Uh, anyways, Windows. Blah. <laughs> uh, 
dear. Uh, there we are. So there's a review of the Microsoft Go. And of oh, course... He, by the way, he really didn't like the uh, the ARM-based Envy. Uh, but then considering most of his work was done in Edge, which unsurprisingly is going to be a load of poo on a, an ARM device. Uh, yes, that is true. Um, there we are. So that that's that one. Um, and um, I, I'll mention this. In relation to uh, what we were talking about and about ARM in general um, and ARM-based Macs possibly and all the rest, um, the Tech Pinion podcast last week uh, was NVIDIA Turing, ARM CPUs, the AMD... Threadripper and Intel AI, uh, which was an interesting listen. Um, it was Bob O'Connell, uh, uh, is it O'Connell or O'Donnell? Anyway, uh, it was Bob and Tim Baharin. Uh, unfortunately, the sound quality wasn't great. Something went wrong. Um, I wrote to Tim Baharin and he told me that something had gone wrong with the recording, which he wasn't aware till, uh, of until later on, um, which I commiserated with because it's a terrible blow as a podcaster oh, when something I'm... goes wrong and you don't realise. Have you had it when you realised that none of your audio was recorded, but the guests have recorded perfectly? So therefore, yes. you go back and try and record your part of the audio uh, and with the same tone and intonations as if uh, you were actually there. Have you had to do that one before? No, I've never actually had to do that. I've usually oh. managed to salvage it uh, some way, somehow. Uh, I've usually <laughs> managed to salvage it. Um, no, but, I've you know... Been, uh, I've been there when I haven't, and Carl Madden has had the same thing as well. It's like, oh, I can't lose this. Uh, yeah, that that's, oh, Lord, that, that's always interesting. So there you go. Um, so forgive the sound quality on that Tech Pinions podcast, but uh, if you're interested in, in their view um, about what's happening in the whole uh, silicon uh, field, that's worth a listen. It's only half an hour long. Uh, all the Tech Pinions are sort of 25 to 30 minutes long um and it's a show i listen to fairly religiously because i find their insights quite uh quite enlightening to be honest um they're you know industry analysts but um not of the ming chi quo type i would uh hasten to add more of the this is what we think is happening and so on uh so there we are um and then there's the five myths about iPhone battery life you might mistakenly believe. Uh, um, it's Business Insider. It's Business Insider. Um, <laughs> your favourite, Mark. Your favourite. But So-and-so. Oh, well, well, that's great journalism because you automatically think that you have some editorial prowess. That means people are going to listen to you. God's sake. <laughs> but there you go. Despite Six Mark's... Things, uh, Apple must do. What, really? Because your website... Business Insider, you actually had something on about nail fungal the other week. <laughs> oh, that's related to business. <laughs> oh, you love them so much, don't you? Oh, they just, even though I've tried to get rid of them out of my feed, they keep popping up. It's just, it's like a stain in your carpet you can't get rid of. <laughs> right, shall we move on to the security stories? Uh, no, I'm going to spoil this for everyone. Right, here's what they say. What? Myth one, closing apps you're not using to save battery life. Wrong. Uh, myth two, charging your phone can overhurt, uh, can hurt the battery. Wrong. $29 battery replacements guaranteed to improve your battery's device life. Nah. Turning off settings like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi will always save your battery life. Uh, letting your iPhone adjust brightness automatically hurts battery life. And that's it. That's the content. <laughs> However, recommended from the web... <clears throat> <laughs> from Stoops to Sussex. Hey, Megan's Marco, life has changed. McLaren P1, excellent car speed. Breakfast with a twist. Fun recipes for the kids. 
on Business Insider. God's sake. Right, okay. Let's go on to the security stories, shall we? Oh, um, my God. They've even got Business Insider. Business Insider. That has a name that, you know, Renaissance with, you know, bit of Wall Street, bit of dealing, share prices. I kid you in fact you're gonna to want to bleep this simon i shout you not i am watching an uh, a thing that says this london-based food truck only sells cheese sandwiches Here, <laughs> wait i oh, no, no, wait go on go on here's how they're made oh, yeah. and i'm looking at a caption that says it goes through a lot of cheese no. Jesus, <laughs> bleep this simon <laughs> <laughs> This is on the business inside. Oh, God, and you wonder why my... God, and the doctor goes, how's your blood pressure? Good. I haven't looked at business insider. <laughs> oh, it's an article about a cheese van. <laughs> I think this episode might be Mark the loses his... Over cheese. Real cheese sandwiches. Oh, really? I thought it was a Prosecco wagon. Oh, wait, no, it's called a cheese truck. <laughs> uh, right, so let me give you the three the three lead uh, items here by Amanda Villa-Lobos. <laughs> Kingdom selling grilled cheese sandwiches. Number two, the sandwiches are pressed with a flat, hot iron so the cheese melts. The two sides <laughs> of the bread are buttered, giving it that extra crunch. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> it's a Breville no, toasty no, machine. I'm mistaken. And that's the article. There's a, vi- there's a <laughs> video of three minutes long. Of somebody making a yes. cheese toasty. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sure this is going to have to be called Mark loses <laughs> over cheese. Oh, <laughs> it, 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 there's a caption. In fact, this is going to be the show art. This is going to be the show art. Um, I can't because when you pause it, there's <laughs> adverts. <laughs> Right, I'm going to clip that. This is going to be the show art. I know this is a bit post-production going on here, but the, the, it goes through a lot of cheese. Simon, you'll probably get a better kick. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, it's it. Sober again. <laughs> in fact, where's Gaz or Guy or whoever it is? Where, where's, where's he? He he he, 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 he <laughs> this as well. Oh dear! Right, okay. Airmail three exploit instantly breathing, steals info keep, from Apple users. Pro- pro- prolong your life. Seven ways to breathe differently. <laughs> oh dear! So there you go. That's on threat post. Uh, be careful uh, of Airmail three. By the way. Um, okay. Uh, Apple have removed Facebook's Anavo so-called VPN from the App Store for gathering app data. Oh, gee, um, oh, oh, hang on. Hang on, I could do this. What, really? Did that say yeah, sincere? Really? What when <laughs> I reported on this way back in twenty fifteen that if you read their terms and conditions, they harvest all of your data and then they sell it on. Yes, that is true. And Apple have now prevented them from doing that and they politely apparently asked Facebook if they would like to withdraw their <laughs> So there oh, you go. I wish, um, I, I wish I'd sent my article to Apple, but it's, oh, it's, and this is the thing. It's like, I, I, oh, by the way, if you are trying to use a VPN like Proton VPN or OpenVPN uh, on iOS 12 and you've got it working, can you let me know? Because they won't stay running in the background for me. Ah, uh, I spoke to, v, I spoke to uh, Proton 
about that because I'm on the uh, iOS 12 beta and the open um, VPN app, which they previously uh, recommended to use until the iOS app appears, um, it, yes, is not uh, fully compatible with iOS 12. Um, and they did tell me how to do it and it involves um, setting it up so you do it, you have to turn it on from the uh, control panels the uh system okay, I'll, I'll have a look uh, at that i will um i'll see if i can dig up the instructions for you um and maybe i'll even put them on the uh, uh in cool. the notes actually right um and talking of vpns uh proton vpn have uh posted an article on their blog 12 mistakes that can get your data hacked and how to avoid them um which is a list of you know don'ts um, and it's not so much about you should use a VPN, although obviously as a VPN provider, they suggest you use a VPN, but it's mostly common sense advice about not oversharing on uh, on social media and so on. You know, don't give away all your personal details so that you can be, um, you know, personality hacked, as it were. Um, and then uh, VPN Pro uh, have... Uh, an article uh, kind of related seven most dangerous VPN security risks, which talks about, uh, you know, how you should do proper uh, research into the VPN you want to use, check their security policies, their privacy policies, uh, where they're based and so on. Um, and they also have a list of the best free VPN services. And I'm glad to say that Proton VPN uh, comes top of their list of four best free VPN services. So that's quite rightfully they should do. It's it is. Um, I think we we will both agree it, there is a little bit of faff to go through to set it up for iOS. But once it's up and running, and especially when I was on iOS 11, it was like ah, oh, there's just that nice sort of feeling of you know just an anonymity. Maybe and you know yep. maybe I'm being a bit sort of naive, but it's just like it's, it's just. A nice reassuring factor. Like if ever I go in, I'm using a public hotspot. I pretty much won't use it unless I've got a VPN on. That is the way to do it, Mark. Indeed. Um, and yes, Proton VPN assure me that there will be a native iOS uh, client for their VPN very soon. Can't, can't come um, soon enough. And no, it cannot come soon enough. And lots of people have uh, responded to me in various places when I've mentioned it, saying. That's what's preventing me using Pro, you know, uh, Proton VPN on iOS at the moment, because you're yeah, setting up the Open VPN um, switch is a little bit of a faff. Um, so uh, we're pretty much done, I think. There's the uh, well, uh, just, just a snippet is Indie Paper, an open alternative to Instapaper and Pocket, uh, which I found via Cult of Mac. Um, and the uh, app itself is at www.indiepaper.io. Um, if you're keen on that sort of thing, but I have to say it seemed like a lot of a faff and you have to set it up with your micro blog and various other uh, things. But if you're keen on not being tied to Instapaper or Pocket, that might be worth a look. Um, and we've got uh, two sort of worth a chirps here. How to Geek uh, have a how to add Mac OS preference panes to your dock for quick access. That's the individual panes, not just the the whole thing. Um, worth a look if you're interested in that. And Scott Wilsey points us to the Bridge 12.9 Series 2 key keyboard, uh, which uh, is comes via six colours. 
which is a very nice uh, keyboard for your 12.9-inch uh, iPad Pro. I'm going to go and have a look at that Instapaper thingy and, oh, the, the bridge keyboard. I've tried the one of the Logitech ones. Uh, I might see if I can get my hands on it and do a bit more uh, testing with it because I was setting up for a customer, so... We will, I will have a look at that, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, this bridge, this bridge is um, is the is the kind of bottom half of uh, uh, yes, a laptop. I had this for the iPad Air one, and they are nice. And you, yes, and you, you simply slide the uh, iPad into the um, guide rail at the top, and then effectively you have created a super thin laptop. And, they... um, and it's it's nice because I had um, a much cheaper kind of copy of such a thing for the iPad mini. Um, and the bonus is that when you want to pull it out, you just pull it out. There's, it, no, it's not clipped into a case or anything no. else. It's just pushed into the uh, padded grippers at the bottom. Um, and then it hinges like a mini laptop. Yeah, it's so, yes, really, really uh, nice. And it is a really nice uh, typing experience. Uh, I, I, that's, I've got a black one here somewhere for the iPad Air original that I wish would work with my Pro, uh, but I've only got the small Pro. So, yes. Right then. Uh, I think we're done, aren't we, Simon? I think we are pretty much done. I think that is it, isn't it? Yeah, um, big thank you to all of our page and subscribers, to all of those people in the Slack chat room. Uh, I've realised I've not been getting notifications, so I need to sort that out and then get myself back in there. Uh, if you want to get hold of me, you can get uh, you can follow my exploits in the world on the Twitter at Ocean Speed, or more than likely follow me on the website of EssentialApple.com. Very good, thank you, Mark. And I am, of course, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K. The show is, of course, at Essential Apple. The website is EssentialApple.com. You can find us on uh, all good podcast applications. You can find us now on Spotify. You can find us on SoundCloud and YouTube um, and MyMac.com and uh, millions of other places which are all listed in the show notes. So uh, I think that'll do for now, don't you? Please leave us a review on the iTunes store. We've not had one in like a bajillion years. So leave us a review because it, we, we, we like reading them out. And plus, let's face it, it gives us content, something that we struggle with. That is true. Um, I will just point out interesting statistics uh, about listening, uh, Mark, as we were talking about in the break. Um, Spotify, uh, despite my original uh, thought that it would probably have no listeners at all, uh, is now something sort of floating between number one and number two, depending on whether you look at it over a month or a week. Um, and the top four clients for listening to this show are, in fact, uh, Chrome, Spotify, Overcast, and the Apple Podcasts app. And then a long way below that, about another 20 different clients. Um, and the top four make up 40% of our listeners. So, um... There you go. Uh, Spotify has, uh, I don't know if it's claimed us any new listeners, but it's certainly It popular. does make for some interesting stuff. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep everyone updated on that as we go along. Cool. Right then, Simon, I am out of here. Somewhere out there, somewhere, there is a craft ale with my name on it. <laughs> and I am going to turn on the oven and put in my gammon joint. How exciting is Who my says life? we can't live on the rock and roll edge? Indeed. Right, so goodbye, everybody. Bye.
You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even, if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, Technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.